Welcome, dear friends. Thanks for joining us today. And when I say us, it's just <laughs> you and me. Uh, dear, our dear friend Mark is away this week, and he is. Um, uh, he's. Uh, I'm not sure if it's uh, a school. Uh, Mark was on earlier, uh, or an encounter. But uh, yeah, he's. They're having a good time with our dear friend Helene King, and I know Mark sends his greetings and and love, and he'll be back next week. And so I'm flying solo here, and of course you're with me, so I'm not I'm not by myself. So that's great. Thank you again for joining me. Um, and one thing I should mention for anybody outside of uh, in the North American time zone, just FYI, for the next I think it's the next two or three weeks. I'm not quite sure, but uh, we are having daylight savings time um, change this Sunday. So yay! I mean we're all excited about that. You know it gets uh, it's lighter during the, you know, longer in the, the day, darker in the morning. But um, but what that means is that the the time change will affect us because the um, the it won't affect the Europe for the next few weeks because they will I think they go at I don't know exactly the date, but it's the end of March. So what that means is for anybody who's in North America, that's Canada, the U.S., Mexico. Uh, it will the broadcast will start for the next few weeks at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Actually, it'll be daylight savings time at that point. Uh, but it will still be 8 o'clock for England and 9 o'clock for Europe. And like the, your timing won't change at all. So just FYI on that. I I just want to mention that it's so funny when when I do this every every time it's twice a year, right? Every time I do this, there's this uh, Mark and I always go. <laughs> You know, I'm because he he's the accountant, right? He's the, I mean, he's got a lot of right brain in him, but he has some left brain. I'm not sure if I have much left brain in me, but um, yeah, the uh, you know we are we always talk about it and just saying like, okay, you know, this is the week, and then you know, you know, when I think I know what I'm doing, I I I go the opposite way instead of you know coming on up at 4 p.m. I'll come on at 2 p.m. So hopefully uh, I won't be here next week. Mark will be back. Uh, I will be teaching at the School of Ministry, Catch the Fire School of Ministry in Toronto all week. Uh, it's the youngins. It's the uh, the young people, probably 18 to 30, 35. So we'll be there Monday to Friday. So we're really going to enjoy that. Uh, one thing I should just mention, because Mark is in here as well, uh, just check one, two, the Father Loves You. Is my audio okay? Because, you know, oftentimes we, uh, you know, we can kind of test each other's audio on, you know, just listening to one another. So if if you can hear me okay, there's no issues, you know, feel free to give me a big thumbs up. Oh, I see a thumb. That's great. I, I've got the, the comments here in front of me. So, yeah, thanks so much for uh, any kind of uh, feedback that you have on that. That's great. A yeah, bunch of thumbs. So I guess you're hearing me wherever you are. We've got people from friends from Scotland and England and South Africa. I'm just looking Spain, Norway. Oh my goodness, it's just it's fantastic. You guys are awesome. I, it's uh, Mark and I were talking about we're we're doing we've been doing this uh, since I think 2010. So we're we're completing our 13th year, starting our 14th year in the fall. And, you know, last week, I think we were talking about how many uh, of these live webcasts that we've done. And uh, I think it's it's over um, over 500 of these live streams that we've done, plus extra stuff. So, yeah, we've been we've been, you know, plugging along and so appreciate that, you know, you're here with us today. So I don't have a lot of banter. I just uh, because there's no one to talk to <laughs> except you know me, myself, and I, and of course you guys uh, on, on the on the uh, comments. And feel free to make comments as as we go through this today. And uh, so I'm just going to open up and just pray and just ask the Father to to really kind of help me with some clarity about what I feel in my heart to share. And hopefully you know it'll the technology will work out. And uh, yeah, that will just. This will be another opportunity for each and every one of us to know how much the Father loves us, how much He just absolutely believes in us, and He He promises to be a Father, the Father that we've looked for our entire life. So, Father, we thank you for, yeah, just your faithfulness, Father, that you you through thick and thin you love us, you continue to um, 
pursue us at every moment, even in the, in the times when we're not aware of your abiding presence, you are around us. Thank you, Jesus, for being our Savior and our Lord and for making all this possible. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for indwelling us. Wow. And revealing the Father and revealing the Son and, and that we are caught up into the, the beautiful triune heart of, of God, Father, Son, and Spirit. And uh, yeah, I just ask, Abba, as we just go through this t- tonight, um, that you would just, uh, yeah, just show us uh, more of your heart than we've known before. We, I pray, Father, that we would we would actually see and hear. And I, I think that's where the it's the heart cry, the the father cry of of humanity, that we would be more in tune with every person on this planet who, whether we are aware of it or not, we all need to be loved. We all need to be fathered by the the source of love, and that is God. And that, uh, yeah, Father, would you just help us to, for any of us who are struggling in these areas, maybe struggling to even understand who you are and and what you're like, Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Sonship, the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of the Son, even in this time and for those even listening afterwards, that your, your Holy Spirit would bear witness with us that you really are our Father. And that, uh, yeah, we, we could live in that tangible reality more now than we've ever had before. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. So, uh, yeah, so thanks so much. And I see somebody from PEI as well. I, I didn't mention and Ireland is there as well. Thank you so much. Sorry, I missed those those places. Um, yeah, I, I feel that, you know, when, you know, just talking about, uh, the way that we do this, Mark and I, when we, we kind of go through this process every week of just, uh, you know, typically when we're both together, we, you know, we ask each other, um, do you got anything? Is there, What are you sensing the Lord saying? Oh, Denmark just came on. Bless you. Uh, and, and so this week, it, of course, Mark is away. So, you know, I was praying. And... Um, it's just been quite interesting in the last couple of weeks, especially, and even in the last couple of days. Uh, for those who are aware of the Father's Love Letter, that was, uh, it's a video. It, there's, we have a website, fathersloveletter.com. Um, we are coming into our 25th anniversary uh, in December. Uh, so it'll be 25 years this December that, that I just created a sermon illustration. Um, after I came into this revelation of the fatherhood of God where I realized that he was my dad and I just saw scriptures from Genesis to Revelation that spoke of our Heavenly Father's amazing love for us and I've always had this high value on, on the word of God and one day in prayer I just asked the Father uh, just I was overwhelmed with all these scriptures that spoke of his love it's not just this isolated doctrine it's it's everywhere when your eyes are open to it and I asked him in prayer how could I get these scriptures in one stream of thought and it wasn't like an audible voice or anything but I felt like the Lord said to me you know if you put some of these scriptures in the right order paraphrase them they'll form a love letter for me to the world and that's what I did in January 1999 but I I wrote it in December and didn't have any any big expectations for it I just did it for a Sunday morning and uh, I was really surprised. I spoke on the uh, on the love of God a, a message, and then at the end, I just said I have this eight minute PowerPoint presentation where I took fifty Bible passages, paraphrased them in the first person, and just called it Father's Love Letter. And so I played this video, and I was so surprised because the 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 response from the congregation was just really a very strong emotional response. You know, there were people weeping. You know, one little girl ran into her mom's arms, weeping, and and, and the mom was concerned and said what's wrong and she said well I didn't think I had a a father like she had a natural father but not in relationship with him and she said when I was watching this video God said that he's my dad and she was so overwhelmed that that God would be her father to her and and it was because of that response that we just put it on the internet uh, and again that's the early days of the internet 1999 I mean that's dial up for those who remember dial up and uh, you know the all these funny noises and it was incredibly slow but we we, we created a website fathersloveletter.com and we put up this this flash file this video file and didn't promote it just left it there and 
by early by 2000, we got a panic phone call from our internet service provider, and they were saying, "What are you guys doing on on the internet?" And I said, "Well, nothing. We just have one video file on this website." And they said, well, you're using up all our bandwidth. And so no one else, none of the other websites could get on because there were so many people watching this video. And they gave us 24 hours to change the file size or they were going to close our, our website down. And so we, we talked to some friends who were in some pretty big um, kind of Internet ministries at that point and said, you know, and I just told them the numbers. And I don't I don't even remember what those numbers were now, the, the bandwidth draw uh, and and uh, and they had a big website and lots of teaching and lots of videos and they looked at me or they not looked at me but they were we were talking on the phone and they said no we're not even close to those numbers ourselves so there were so many people that were accessing this one video and so you know it it, it just uh, from there it, it took a life of its own and and if you haven't heard of it you may want to visit fathersloveletter.com sometime down the road or and it, we have it available now in in 125 languages on our website. But the the point of today, you know, when I, when I was just thinking about um, what to share today, um, I, I, I it's just been the, the Lord has been really encouraging us. Like this 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 is a twenty five year old website almost, right? Twenty five years uh, coming up uh, next year, so it's twenty four, I guess. Um, but with the the amazing thing is it, it like it people still keep coming like they just it's not like we're promoting it we're not social networking trying to get people to come to the website but you know in the last month i think there was an average of over 500 people a day just visiting and and downloading all our resources and sharing them and and so in the last couple of weeks we've been really encouraged because it, it's it's just amazing how this is is still going on without any kind of uh, back-end support we're just you know supporting this this one website and we encourage people to share it and even just a couple of weeks ago we heard from a, a major ministry an ecumenical ministry uh, that I had never heard of before it's uh, in 170 countries it has I think 85 denominations involved in this ecumenical ministry and so they have a, a focus every year a prayer focus and they asked they contacted us to say could we use the father's love letter for one of the main videos in our prayer focus <laughs> and so this is uh you know i think over a million strong people involved in this and i'm going like wow like here is just a, a another uh time you know we're, we're just seeing that god himself seems to be putting on people's hearts all over the world to continue to share this uh, last week, Ann and I were speaking at a church locally. Uh, we did a, a series of weekend meetings, and again, praying for people, talking to people. They were coming up, and they were telling us how how they're they're show, they're they're giving out the Father's Love Letter printed versions on the streets of Hamilton, Ontario, and and they were just talking about that. And, and again, I was just amazed. And uh, even this morning, somebody, um, a friend from Kenya, an evangelist, Wilfred from Kenya tagged me in a video that of him ministering in schools in Kenya and and Wilfred has been this amazing evangelist who 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 travels beyond even Kenya just sharing God's love with people and I remember him telling and I don't know if he's still doing this but he was he's he, what he used to do with the Father's Love Letters, he would he would have assemblies, and he says some of these assemblies they had uh, you know upwards of a thousand people and of young people, and then what he would do is they would hand out the Father's Love Letter to every one of these students and get them to read the whole letter uh, in their own chairs, and then pick out one line in the love letter that that really spoke to them, and then afterwards he would share a message on the love of God and then invite them to respond to receive Christ. And he said that on average, I think it was 75% of these students, and you know, these aren't Christian schools, that he would go to would give their heart to the Lord and in this response to the, the Father's love. So when I saw that that um, that tag this morning, again, it was something that you know kind of prompted me that just to to um, think about what I feel like the Father is. It was saying to to me, and then even another friend of ours that we lost contact with contacted us yesterday, and we we just reconnected, and 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 she was part of a an outreach in Arizona, California, many years ago, where they actually printed out I think it was forty thousand father's love letters and delivered it to every like I I don't know if it was mailed in I guess it was mailed in to every prisoner 
in the Arizona prison system. I think there was 36,000 men and 4,000 women. And they hand wrote, in, in the Father's Love Letter starts with the words, my child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. And instead of my child, they put in the person's name, you know, dear Dave or dear Mary. And, and, and they, they shared that. And so, you know, when I've been thinking about this and how this Father's Love Letter phenomenon, and it's gone around the world. I mean, one Facebook page that a friend shared with me when he asked, Did you, are you connected with these guys? And I said, no. And I, he just sent me the link. And I went to the link and they had over 30 million views of the Father's Love Letter. And we had no idea that this was even on the website, on the, on the internet. And I think there were like 1.7 million shares, and I think there was uh, 100,000 comments on this one Father's Love Letter video. So uh, all of this stuff, I'm just saying all this to to say that, you know, over the years, uh, I, I really believe that uh, through what Ann and I have done, and the reason I can say all this, and I just maybe I should say this first because I, I don't really talk about this a lot. Uh, like as far as the father's love letter and the impact and and where it's gone around the world, because I I just feel like I I, I don't want to boast into something uh, that that the truth is though it's it's not I do not make a connection about the father's I honestly don't make a connection about the father's love letter that I really had a lot to do with it, you know Papa wrote the letter he he used me he partnered with me to be his pen. And the thing that's amazed me over the years is that God has just constantly been putting on people's hearts all over the world to translate it, to share it, to deliver it to entire nations. I mean, it has gone crazy over the years. And but I, we have had nothing to do with it. And and so, even though I'm kind of hesitant to talk about the the impact of it sometimes because I don't want to feel like you know we my wife and I it's it's like deliver the letter and get out of the way you know that's really how it is for us but I I felt like over the years we've heard personally from thousands of people on the internet you know that one video on Facebook had a hundred thousand comments so you know it I think that we have really uh, had this I don't know this sense of the the cry of the human heart I really believe comes from John chapter 14 and so this is where I I really want to talk about this today because I think this is what we were all created for is to know God as a father and so I I want to read a few scriptures in John 14 and just unpack that and then to be able to just uh, continue on and and just see where we go so here we are in John 14, uh, starting at verse 1. It says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Uh, there is more than enough room in my father's uh, home. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going to prepare a place for you so you can be with me where I am. And so here's Jesus. And the thing that I I think I, I just think is amazing is that like he... He's trying to reassure his disciples, right? He he's saying to these, like he knows he's going to the cross. This is the night before he he goes to the cross. So he's from John 13 to John 17. This is Jesus reassuring his best friends, like, okay, guys, you know, uh, there's there's a home for you. You trust in God, trust in me. There's room enough in my Father's home. And and then he goes on to say that he, he's going to prepare a place for them. Then he says, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the uh, to where I am going. And so Thomas, you know, one of his disciples says, no, we don't, Lord. Thomas said, we have no idea where you, you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And then Jesus says, if you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Now, I want to stop right there for a moment. Some some Bible translations say, show us the Father and it will be enough for us. You see, I truly believe that one line in chapter 14, verse 8 of John 
really articulates the cry of the human heart. I really believe that in the in the 25 years that we've been doing this, or near 25 years, I, you know, we have just seen time and again, time and time again, this cry of the human heart that each and every one of us has been created to experience this love, and you know, and I really believe that. Um, you know, when we begin to, to come to terms with this and, and th- like to me, the, it's the father cry. It's like you and I were created to experience this. And the thing that I really believe is so relevant is that every person on planet Earth has had a biological father and a biological mother. Whether we've known our parents or not, it doesn't change the fact that each and every one of us have had this incredible need to be fathered and mothered. And so there is something common in in just the the human heart that we need this. We need family love. And so one of the things with the father's love letter is it's been such a powerful and I don't know, I didn't design it to be this way. I just wrote it for a Sunday morning. You understand that that so it's not about me, but I it 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 seems to have a way to to grab the hearts of people in ways that I've never even thought of before. And, in you know, so many people, they there's different lines that speak to different people. And you know, we've worked over the years with um, Every Home for Christ. And I don't know if you're familiar with Every Home for Christ, but I think they've been a ministry, I think, for over 65 years. And their mission is to do, to share the gospel, a, a, a door-to-door gospel presentation in every home in entire nations and so when they got exposed to the father's love letter they began to realize that this was an amazing evangelism tool because the idea that you know when you make a connection with parental love with a father's love where where you know in the father's love letter it's it says i offer you more than your earthly father ever could because I am the perfect father. It just absolutely strikes at the fundamental core need that each and every person on planet Earth has to be loved. And so they discovered this and they, they would be going to doors, you know, knocking on doors and giving out the father's love letter in different languages. And there's been a, a number of countries around the world that every home for Christ has delivered the father's love letter door to door. And because they saw that it just cracked people open in a way that other things didn't. And so I and I really believe that that is just a testimony of the cry of the human heart to be loved that we were created to to experience this. And and so, you know, I think that I just want to try to unpack this a little bit to to understand, you know, what do we do with this, right? And and I think, you know, this is one of the things that you know, even if we go back to to this Bible scripture, which I think is quite interesting, where, uh, like, you know, in, in verse 5 and 6, you know, Thomas again says, you know, we, Jesus, he, I, we have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way, right? And when Jesus answered, he says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. And, and it, it's interesting, you know, we'll see Jesus is the way bumper stickers, right? And so who is he the way to, you know? And, and the reality is that Jesus is the way to the Father. And if you think of it this way, Jesus is the father, or excuse me, Jesus is the way and the father is the destination. And when we begin to realize that, and that is the essence of the gospel message, is that Jesus came to bring us all home. And 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 when we begin to realize that, then we begin to all the pieces of the puzzle come, and even in evangelism, that we begin to understand that how do we touch people's hearts? You know, but, you know, what is the quick, like, that's that's one of the things that I feel with this, this Father's Love Letter message, that is that the Father's Love Letter, uh, again, it's not about that, it's about the Father's love, right? It's just about how the Father will use any, the foolishness of man, anything we have, he is the most opportunistic Father in the universe, and, you know, his, his Holy Spirit is poured out on our flesh, and I truly believe that, that it's just touching into that parental wounding, this parental disappointment. I believe that is the quickest way for us to be able to get people's attention. You know, I I have this. I've always had this. Uh, you know, this fictitious. Uh, uh, 
this fictitious family in my in my mind where I think of I imagine this man and this man is very successful. He runs businesses. He has lots of wealth and he's got a wife and kids and nothing's wrong in their family. Everything is going well. So if you come to this man and you, you talk to him about the gospel and say that Jesus died for him, he, he might just say, well, you know what? You know, I don't have any need. Thank you very much. But what if you were able to talk to this man and be able to say, tell me about your own story. Tell me about growing up. Tell me about your relationship with your, your family, your, especially your dad. You see, so many, there are so many stories of people who have been driven to succeed that have had father wounds as the source of, of why they were so driven. You know, I, and don't quote me on this, but I, I remember uh, reading an article that said upwards of 50% of all Fortune 500 CEOs had father issues to deal with. And so what ends up happening all, all, a lot of the time is that we have these woundings from growing up, and it could be a mother wounding as well. But, you know, we feel that we have to compensate somehow for this love deficit, so we spend our entire life trying to work hard and to excel and to, you know, to... To be able to prove even to our parents or, or to ourselves that we're lovable, that we're good enough. And, and oftentimes the the result of that is success. You know, and I can speak from my own. I, I don't have time to really share my own story today. But, you know, I can identify with that because, you know, my relationship with my father, who did his best to be a father to me, he loved me the best he could. But he struggled with alcoholism and he was distant. He was angry. And so the only way that I thought I could get his attention is through performance and that caused me to be really driven you know maybe a type a personality where you know i was trying to succeed in school and sports and even later in a newspaper career and then even after that in 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 full-time pastoral ministry so like one of the things that i think that when we think about this cry of the uh, of the human heart as I can remember, like Jack Winter, who prayed for me, and some of you may have heard me talk about this before, oftentimes when Jack would pray for somebody, before he would pray, he would say, tell me about your, your relationship with your father. And so many times, it would be like that was the, the defining moment, like the Holy Spirit came, and there, maybe there was a painful memory, there was something that came that would just crack open the heart to be able to receive the love of God. And I really believe this bridge to being fathered and mothered, this bridge, this longing that every person on planet Earth has to be long and to love and to be loved and to live in that place of being accepted and affirmed by a loving father is the cry of the human heart. And I really believe that the more that you and I can see this and understand this not only for ourselves, but we realize that this is actually the gospel message that Jesus came to bring. The more that we will be even sensitive to people around us, the more that we will have ears to hear the father cry. You know, you know, we have our youngest daughter, Candace, she is, uh, She's always been the the barometer of of culture for us. You know, you know, you know, mom and dad have gotten older. We stopped listening to the relevant music of the day, stopped watching the movies of the day. But she always was able to bring me and say, Dad, listen to this song. It's got the father cry. Watch this movie. You know, it's got, watch this interview of this celebrity who talks about a, a disappointment with a father. And I really believe the more that we're able to understand this, the more that we will be awakened to the longing of the human heart to be fathered. And, and you know, and we have, I, you know, if we have had great parents, you know, I celebrate that. I want to be a good dad. I want to be a superstar grandpa. But even then, you know, even the best father or mother in the world cannot, cannot um, do any kind of justice to our heavenly father who has loved us with an everlasting love. But so, you know, that is, you know, what I really believe that the, the world is crying out for. They want to be loved. They want to be accepted. They want to be affirmed. Jesus said in, in John 8, I think it was verse 35, he said, A slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs forever. And you believe, I truly believe it's that belonging that is in every human heart that when we, we, we actually preach the gospel, 
that that's exactly what we're touching, and I believe that's why Jesus came. And so I'm just going to go back to the to this uh, the slide here. And of course, you know, so here's here's Philip and Thomas having this conversation with Jesus, and it's Philip in verse 8 that says, okay, Lord, show us the Father, and it will satisfy us. It'll be enough. It'll be enough for us. And I am so thankful for Jesus' response, because this absolutely describes in a, in a heartbeat why Jesus came to planet Earth. Verse 9, he says, Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Now understand here for a second, which I think is so funny that that these guys have been with Jesus for three years, right? And, and Jesus is like, he's kind of exasperated like this is the last night before he goes to the cross and he's like it's like in some translations say like how long am I going to be with you Philip like come on like you know my paraphrase is like you know don't you get it yet if you've seen me you've seen the father and I really believe that the more that if there's anybody who's watching this uh, afterwards or even live and, and you struggle to know what God the father is like it's like, you know, maybe, maybe it's because of parental wounds. Maybe it's because of, you know, you're, you had a cold father or a passive father or an absent father or an angry father or an abusive father for a variety of reasons. You go, Oh, I cannot, you know, like we've heard, like I said, from thousands of people from around the world. And we've had people say to us, I've had fa- one father in my life. I don't want another one because of the wounding of the parental, uh, trust that was God placed in, in our parents you know it's it's like it can just devastate us so that we can just close down to the father heart of God but you know when we're open to Jesus if we want to know what the father's like all we have to do is look at the son because Colossians 1 says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God Hebrews 1 3 says that Jesus is the exact representation of the father's being and Jesus himself says himself said I and the father are one right so everything when we begin to understand that Jesus came 2,000 years ago to bring a manifestation of his father to planet earth to show us what his dad was really like to dismantle every misconception of the character and the nature of God that that religious systems put in place to try to keep people afraid of him it was Jesus who played with the little children. Well, if Jesus, he also said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only speak the words I hear my father speaking. I always do what pleases him. These are words from Jesus himself about his father. In John five nineteen and 20, Jesus says the son can do nothing of himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he does. So Jesus came as an exact mirror image of his dad so when jesus played with the little children he said do not prevent the little children from coming to me for the kingdom belongs to such as these who was playing with the little children not only jesus but his father and of course, we know at Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove. So Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit, the triune God, would be sitting there in the sand playing with two-year-olds and having the greatest time. When you think about who forgave the sins, who cleansed the lepers, who healed everyone who was sick, when Jesus did it, he was only doing what he saw his Father do. And even when, you know, I like to think about the, the, the situation where the woman was caught in the very act of adultery. You know, when they, they, they caught her, they let the guy go, but they bring her out there and they want to shame her, humiliate her, and even stone her. And they, Jesus comes in this, on the seat and he brings a father's heart, a ferocious protective father's heart into that situation. And it's not clear biblically from how it looked, but I imagine when I think of that scene, I imagine Jesus standing in between the woman and the and the accusers, and basically I how this, and again this is just me imagining him crossing his arms and basically saying, you know, by his actions, if you want to get to her, you have to come through me. 
You see, he was bringing a father's heart, the father's heart, his father's heart into that circumstance. And even on the 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 night before he went to the cross, at, when he was at the Last Supper with his friends, and he was opening up this John 13 to 17, this amazing, intimate revealing of his heart and the Father's heart for for them. What did he do? It says that uh, 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 chapter 13 starts off with saying, having known that he came from the Father, and he was returning to the Father, he took off his outer um, robe, and he got down and he began to wash the disciples' feet. When we begin to realize that everything that Jesus did was an expression of his Father to a world that had saw him as distant and angry and and distorted by religious legalism and rules and regulations. See, God's never been that way. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to bring a revelation of his heart. So when we go back to this, this, this scripture where it says, if you look at me, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You see, when we present the gospel and we tell people about Jesus, we are bringing a revelation of the Father through the revelation of the Son. In verse 10, Jesus continues and says, Don't you believe that I am in the Father? And the Father is in me. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. And then in, in the next verse, he says, Just believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. So like like Jesus is saying, like, you know, guys, if you if you have a t- hard time believing this, just like look at the evidence. You know, look at the works I do. Look at the miracles I do. This is the Father. This is Almighty God, the first person in the Trinity. He is at work in me and through me, and he is with in in union with me, we are doing this together. Because at one point Jesus said, The Father never leaves me alone. You see, when we begin to understand that we were all created to experience a father's love and a mother's love, a family love, we were all created to belong. When we begin to realize that, I feel that this message of the father's love is the most evangelistic message in the uh, in the most evangelistic way even that we can share this gospel message. That the Father loves you so much. He sent His Son so Jesus can bring us home so that we can have the Father who we've been looking for our entire lives. And of course, for us in, 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 you know, in our own uh, journey with the Father's love letter, you know, we have experienced that. We, we just continue to experience it all these years later. We're amazed that how this, this, cry of the human heart that God is continuing to meet people and to put it in in their heart to be able to share this message. You see, I believe that the Father wants us to be able to, uh, he wants to dismantle every misconception of his nature. He wants us to know that if we think he's this angry old man in the sky pointing his bony finger at humanity, that that is not the truth. If you want to know who, who the Father is, just look at Jesus. And everything that Jesus did was a mirror image of the Father. You know, even if we look at the Old Testament, and you know, there's a lot of things in the Old Testament I I don't have a grid for, and I don't pretend to. I don't I don't feel like I have the theological capacity or or gifting to be able to explain things. But I truly believe that the 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 New Testament revelation of who God truly is is His Son Jesus, and Jesus came to reveal His Father by one name, and that was Father. Even though in the Old Testament there were over 300 descriptions of God by some of the, 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 the descriptions describing his majesty and his holiness and his power and, and all these wonderful things, Jehovah and El Shaddai and Elohim and, and Yahweh and all these beautiful descriptions of God. But in the New Covenant, Jesus came to bring us to this revelation of Father. And I really believe, you know, if we begin to to see this for what it is, and this is again, you know, where we have been for 25 years. And again, we honestly feel, Ann and I, my wife, 
honestly feel we're, we, we've been spectators watching God do some things that, that I could not imagine. You know, there's one website in, in Europe that has had a, a reach, and I think it was they were reaching into the Muslim uh, nations of the world, and I think they were based in France. And uh, they, they, I can remember the day I got the email that, you know, the Father's Love Letter was one of their evangelism tools, one of their main evangelism tools. And I remember the day that they emailed me and said, Barry, you know, we just celebrated our millionth conversion. Wow. People coming to know the Lord. Jesus coming into the kingdom, being born again, being filled with the Holy Spirit and reconnected with God as a father. You see, I truly believe this is the cry of the human heart. You know, recently we, for some of you, you might have heard of this, um, the, what's happening in Asbury University in in Kentucky, in the U.S. And, you know, when I hear the story about, like, people's testimonies of that, the peace, there is this gentle peace that is there that just calms anxious hearts, that there's this sense of belonging that these young people have longed for all their lives. You know, when I just hear about these stories, you know, I go, oh, that sounds just like my dad. It's just, it's like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are just descending on people all over the world. And I think this idea of this cry for revival is a cry to be fathered, to be loved by God, to be absolutely embraced by him. And Jesus came to bring us into this revelation. I remember one time I was teaching at a school of ministry in Toronto, and there was this one young man who, who, uh, whenever he closed his eyes and tried to picture himself in the arms of the father, he always did. When he, when he did that, that he, he closed his eyes and he pitched himself in the arms of Jesus, which is okay, right? There's nothing wrong. The Trinity is absolutely secure. The Father's revealing the Son. The Son is revealing the Father. The Holy Spirit is revealing Father and Son. It's just this incredible eternal love affair between the three in, in this community of love. So it's not about, you know, kind of not like a protocol or anything else, but like he wanted to picture himself in the arms of the father, but because of his own father issues, he couldn't. He always pictured himself in the arms of Jesus. And so one time, one day during prayer ministry, we had this corporate ministry time and he had a picture for the first time in his life. He was in the arms of God as father. And so it was a tight vision of, of him in this, in this, this picture and he saw that and he goes, oh, cool. But then he had this thought. He said, where's Jesus? Because I'm always in the arms of Jesus. And as soon as he thought that, the vision just kind of panned out so he could see the throne room. He could see the throne and he could see around the throne. And it, what he saw absolutely blew him away. It was at this moment he saw Jesus on the right hand of the Father, bent over, looking at him nose to nose almost. And he had this big smile on his face. He said, you got it. You got it. I'm so happy that you got it. And he said at that moment, he realized Jesus' heart was to always bring us home to his dad. You see, in Hebrews 12, verse 2, the Bible says that that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising it's shame. What was the joy? What was the joy that was set before Jesus? I believe that joy was you and I being reconciled to his father. Bringing many sons and daughters to glory. See, the more that I realize this this revelation of the Father heart of God, the more I realize, as James Jordan, my friend, says, and I just love, I love being able to simplify the gospel message. And in, 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 when he used to say, uh, the, the Bible is a story of a father who lost his children in a garden and a son who came to get his back. And I truly believe the more that you and I know that we're loved, ourselves and that God is the father that we've looked for all our lives and that we are that his love comes and brings healing to the broken areas of our hearts the more that we come into this revelation that he's our dad the more that we can then introduce other people 
to our big brother Jesus, who is the way home to our Father. Because at the end of the day, it's all about family. And in Second uh, Corinthians five eighteen, you know, I five eighteen to twenty. This is, I believe, in a, a nutshell, what we're called to do as sons and daughters to the Father. This is it. This it's not rocket science. It says in verse eighteen, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Other other scriptures say that we are God's ambassadors and that we are called to this ministry of reconcili- reconciliation, pleading with people to be reconciled to the Father, be reconciled to God. God is not angry. He's not distant. He loves you with an everlasting love. And he emptied the bank for you and I to come home. You see, this is the evangelism in my understanding and for my our limited uh, experience with the Father's love letter and the whirlwind of that for the last 25 years almost. It's, it's like I we are seeing things that this is what we are called to do is we are agents, ambassadors of reconciliation, calling a world that it, it, it's so amazing. This scripture says that God reconciled the world to himself. It's already been done. But we need to be reconciled in our hearts back to him. That's what, it, it, that's what this is talking about. Is that everything that could be done has already been done by God himself. Through the finished work of Jesus on the cross and through his death, burial and resurrection. Seated at the right hand of the Father now. And that we are just entrusted with this incredible, holy, precious message of reconciliation ourselves. I love a, a quote from John Calvin. And John Calvin was one of the, the reformers that has shaped Christendom many, many centuries ago. But he said, the Son of God became the Son of Man so the sons of men could become the sons of God. You see, I truly believe, and of course that's daughters as well, I truly believe that that is the cry of the human heart, that you and I were created to experience love created to be fathered and mothered in in a way more profound way than our earthly parents could ever do but but yet you know we are i truly believe in this time and you know we talk about revival and that i believe this is the father cry that we we're all created to belong we're all created to have that peace that passes understanding we're all created to live in the place of love first john 4:16 says that, and so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God and God lives in him. You see, I truly believe that we're coming to a time now. And my prayer, and I know it's your prayer too, is that that the world would be awakened to this revelation that Jesus came to bring us home, that he is the way to the Father. He is the answer to our heart's cry to be loved with a love that predates creation. And so I just want to encourage you as we wrap up today that if there's anything that causes you to struggle in your own relationship with the Father, My prayer is that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of Sonship, the Spirit of the Father, will bear witness with your spirit that you are not a slave, you are not an orphan, but you are a legitimate child of God. And even more than just that, which is amazing itself, that God in His incredible eternal plan of salvation He has also made you a joint heir with Jesus. 
that Jesus in his infinite love has been delighted to share his entire inheritance with each one of us. So I just want to to spend a little bit of time and I just want to I believe that this is the cry of the human heart. Show us the Father, Jesus. Show us the Father. And it will be enough for us. It will satisfy the longing of our hearts. So let's just take a moment to pray. Father, I thank you that you have moved heaven and earth to reveal your love to your children. That you're not angry, you're not distant. That you were in Christ. You were not separated from Christ. You were in Him. Reconciling the world to yourself. And you're not counting our sins. There's nothing else that could ever need it to be done. Father, even in this very moment, I pray that revelation would come. And if somebody is even watching today and you've never known this kind of love, you've never experienced the saving revelation that Jesus Christ died for you. I pray that the windows of heaven would be open over your heart. And you would know that Jesus is your Savior. He is your Redeemer. He is your friend. And He's also the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And He came to bring you home. And the amazing thing is, is everyone gets a party. In Luke chapter 15, there's a trilogy of parables, the last coin, the last sheep, and the last son. And every one of those parables ended with a party. Wow. And if you just Google how many people are coming into the kingdom every day, there's different numbers, but I know it's thousands, if not tens of thousands of people who are coming into the kingdom every day. And if every one of them gets their own party, what do you think heaven is like? (laughs) I believe it's one party after another, celebrating every one that was lost but now is found. Everyone who was outside of the Father's house but now is home. And so, Father, I pray for everybody who is watching today. I pray for a deeper revelation of your love than they've ever known before. I pray that your love would come and bring healing to every parental wound. I pray, Father, for the grace to lead them into freedom of forgiveness. I pray, Father, that they would know that they know that they're not servants, they're not slaves, but they would be rooted and grounded in their identity as of being absolute, much-loved children of God. Whoa. And Father, I just pray that we would become ministers of reconciliation ourselves. Yeah. That we would know that we are ambassadors of Christ. Wow. Calling people to be reconciled to their Father. So Father, I pray that you would just Awaken the father cry in our own hearts that we would hear that and that we would know what people they might be thinking they're looking for success or money or dreaming of a, a unrealistic relationship or in try doing things to dull the pain but what they're looking for is you father the love that we've been looking for into our lives and so Abba we ask for that revival of love to go around the world touch hearts Lord I I just pray that that you would just release your kids in a way that they would know that they're loved and that they would become ambassadors of that love wherever they go wow (laughs) wow 
Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. Wow. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you guys for your encouragement. And I see the comments and I'll, I'll be looking at them afterwards. I so appreciate it. And um, I just thought it was fitting, you know, just to to end this as I say goodbye to you. I just I just thought I'd, I'd sign off with the uh, five and a half minute Father's Love Letter video. And, you know, maybe some of you will need to go bless you as you go. But if you want to stick around and just again... A fresh reminder from this simple sermon illustration how much the Father loves you. So thank you so much for joining us. Just a reminder again for North America, it will be 4 p.m. next week because of the daylight savings time. And and uh, yeah, have a blessed week. The words you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you. And He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I'm familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered, for you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could. For I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand. For I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope. Because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are broken hearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb... I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. 
I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son Jesus. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been Father, and will always be Father. My question is, will you be my child?